This is Jeff Johnson. Join me for the KYMN Morning Show, weekdays 6 to 9, right here on your radio station, KYMN Northfield. 95.1, the one station where our playlist goes on for days. It is the Tuesday morning after Labor Day, and traditionally, uh, for Minnesotans, that means the first day of school, the first day of the first week of school, and for Northfield, it kind of is, kind of isn't, but we've in, uh, invited uh, Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman, uh, to join us this morning to uh, talk a little bit about uh, that first day of school. Good morning, Matt. Thank you so much for Yeah, good morning, out. Jeff. It is. It's that time of year. You know, you're riding my bike around the community this weekend. You start to see those soybeans turn in that golden mm-hmm. color. You know that uh, high school football on KYMN last Friday night from down at Austin and uh, uh, Ned and uh, AJ did such a great job, and, and so we appreciate KYMN uh, broadcasting those games so people who can't, couldn't make it down to Austin could, uh, could hear it. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And, and you're right. I mean, it's interesting because I think over the last few years, Minnesota schools have really changed what the date of their school, starting of school is. Uh, you know, you had some schools who started as early, even before August 30th. Uh, quite a few schools started last Monday. And uh, here in Northfield, again, with our college schedule and just the way that our community works, we start after Labor Day. And we actually, our school district doesn't start classes till Thursday. We have family conferences today and tomorrow. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But if you're out on the roads this morning listening uh, to the golden tones of Jeff Johnson and um, the rest of your crew here, you're going to see some school buses on the road, right? Because uh, St. Dominic School uh, and our charter schools are starting their classes today. And so uh, you will see some uh, Northfield uh, Lions, Benjamin bus, uh, buses out on the road. Uh, today and tomorrow, but if you're a Northfield Public Schools family, don't get nervous. Uh, official start of school is on Thursday. It is coming up uh, in a couple of days. In uh, the meantime, you've, uh, the next two days are, are, are going to be very busy times at the, uh, Absolutely. At the uh, schools. Uh, tell us about that. So uh, just to start off, I want to remind mm-hmm. the community that this afternoon we are hosting a, a community vaccination clinic, COVID-19 vaccination clinic, from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. at Northfield High School. Uh, if you go on our website, you can pre-register if you'd like to. It's open to anybody in the community, uh, 12 and up. It's a Pfizer. It's the Pfizer vaccine, so anyone 12 and up is eligible. Walk-ins are also welcome. Uh, we know there's been a lot of vaccination opportunities for people throughout the summer, but we also know that we have you know, quite a few people who still might be looking to get vaccinated. And so there's that opportunity right here in the community, Northfield High School, Upper Cafeteria, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. today. And that's part of our, uh, that's just one of the pieces that we're hosting during what's called our family conferences. Now, the Pfizer, of course, is two shots. Correct. Uh, this would be the first one for most people. I'm presuming, will you be having a second one? Is that been scheduled? That's correct. So we will be hosting the first shot today. Mm-hmm. And then those folks will get there when they get their shot, they will get the uh, card for when they're going to come back. Okay. And we'll host it, I think it's three weeks out or something like that. Okay. All right. Uh, continue on. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. That's, uh, so one of the things, we learned a lot from last year's very unusual school year. And if you remember last year, Jeff, we started the year off with something we called family conferences. And it was really an opportunity uh, for us to start the beginning of the year before we get into classes to sit down with families and uh, their students if, if they're coming to the conference as well, really just to hear from our families about how things are going, what have they gone through, and really it's about starting that relationship with our families so that we can begin the school year on a really positive note. And so uh, our staff also have a few things that they're going to share, some updates and some uh, teach uh, our families about a few of our communication protocols but these family conferences are something that we really got a lot of positive feedback about last year. 
uh, because when you have a chance to get to know each other, right, uh, in terms of our elementary school students, you're with one teacher for most of the day, and so that bond between the family uh, and the teacher is so important. At our middle school and high school, uh, families get to meet with one of their students' teachers, and again, that's an opportunity for us to start creating that relationship so that we understand where families are coming from, what they've gone through, and they can also hear what our plans are for the school year. So if uh, you're a parent listening uh, and you haven't signed up yet, there's still time, so please make sure you uh, see the email that came from your school principal about family conferences. And uh, the Area Learning Center and our Portage program also having family conferences as well, and again, probably more elementary-like in, in that case with uh, you know a teacher than the secondary. Superintendent Hillman is with us uh, with the Northfield School District on this, the first week of school will be starting up. You, you had mentioned before that uh, you really learned a lot from last year, this past year, what to do and what not to do, probably, too. There's, it was, in, in some cases, a trial and error because nobody's been through this uh, before. But when, you know, you get back into classes and everything, where will uh, the students be seeing those, uh, uh, those things? You know, I think last year when we started the school year, Jeff, there was so much uncertainty, and I've tried to avoid using that word, but there was. I mean, we were preparing for three different learning models, if you recall, a hybrid, an in-person, and a distance learning model. Uh, we had things like one-way hallways. We had capped our drinking fountains. You could still use the water bottle fillers, but we had capped our drinking fountains. Uh, a number of other, you know, uh, the, the spacing that we needed to have uh, between students all of those kinds of things. We had reduced capacity on our school buses. Uh, so there were a lot of things that we implemented based on the state guidance last year, the state requirements last year, and we did learn a lot through last school year. And, and frankly, I'm going to start off by saying we all hoped this thing was done with, right? There's there's nobody um, that wants to continue forward with any of these safety measures, uh, you know, least of all me. <laughs> I'd really like to, to move on so we could... Uh, get back to really what whatever normal is, you know, after the pandemic without safety measures. But we are faced with the Delta variant, which the public health people tell us is uh, is different than the previous versions of this. Uh, our goal with our safety measures this year is to keep it out, right, to do everything we can to keep that uh, out of our schools so that we're able to continue with uninterrupted in-person learning. That's the thing that we obviously all know the biggest disruptions we had last year, were Jeff, were when people had to quarantine, right? It wasn't even in distance learning. It was when we were in person and someone had to uh, quarantine because they were a close contact to someone who had tested positive for COVID-19. So working uh, using the expert guidance of a number of national and state uh, public health and medical agencies, uh, using the advice of more than two dozen local physicians and a professional epidemiologist from right in town here, uh, our safety measures are far fewer this year but in some ways, they're, they're also still pretty frustrating to a lot of us that we even have to keep doing them. But what we learned and what the researchers have learned is that um, there are a couple of things that you can do to really make sure that you can keep kids in person. So as you know, our district did adopt a universal indoor uh, face mask requirement. So this means uh, when people step inside of a Northfield public school building, uh, they're expected to wear a face mask. Does, and does that apply for bus riders as it, well? In fact, that's a federal. In fact, the, the, uh, the, the um, CDC has a federal requirement on any public transportation you're required to wear a face mask. And so it's, it's not even those school districts that didn't adopt a universal face mask requirement, those students are still required to wear a face mask on the bus. Um, and so it's, it's starting right away on the bus and then when you get to school. And we know that um, from a, quite a bit of research that this does have, it's a simple and um, cost-effective way to try to mitigate the spread 
of the virus. And then in addition to that face mask, and I, I want to tell you, I understand it's people's le- one of people's least favorite things, right? But it is the, one of the tools that we are able to use to keep students in school. The CDC changed their quarantine uh, recommendations. And so if you have a student who does test positive at school or a staff member, and the people around them were all wearing a face covering, a face mask, um, the, the people who were considered the close contacts, last year they would have had to have quarantined. This year they won't if everybody was wearing a face mask. So that should dramatically reduce the quarantine. There, there still will be some quarantine, Jeff, right, for people who test positive for COVID-19 and for some people who might have been around, for example, during lunch. You know, you can't obviously can't wear your mask during lunch. That's one of the exceptions to the uh, universal requirement. But the number of quarantines should be reduced greatly, and that comes back to our why. We want kids uninterrupted in-person learning. That's what our goal is. And so when we have this tool, that's the reason that we're using it. Agree or disagree that that's the reason that we're using it because we think it's really important to keep kids in school. We know that for uh, kids' physical health, for their social-emotional health, having that regular predictable schedule is something that is really essential. The other part is looking at your ventilation systems, and we're very fortunate that our ventilation systems have been in fairly good shape, and and in fact, they've been in really good shape. So there's a balance of what you're looking at with filtration systems. You're looking at uh, having good filtering, right? And then you're also looking at how often can you exchange the air. So the important thing is that all of Northfield Public Schools' uh, HVAC systems, our, our air exchange systems, are digitally controlled. And so we can look at the dashboard, we can see uh, how that air exchange is going. If there's any trouble spots, we can adjust it right away on the fly. We're so serious about it for several years, we've had our partners from NAC uh, come in once a month to recommission the system to make sure that the system is working as it is designed. That happened before COVID because we know that air exchange is important in a a building, whether it's uh, during the pandemic or not. Well, we're cycling that. We're cycling fresh air in anytime, anywhere between four and twelve times per hour, depending on the size of the room. And most of our ventilation systems are filtered by something that's called MERV 11. We do have some MERV 13. And one of the key things is the ability to balance that filtering with the ability to efficiently pull the air through that system and continue to exchange that fresh air, because the fresh air is the most important portion of the ventilation process. So. Uh, our buildings and grounds team has done an excellent job. Uh, this is what we did last year, and we're using that same piece this year. So those two pieces, really, um, you know, making sure that we have that universal face mask indoor requirement. No one loves it, right? But it's a tool that we're going to need to use for uh, a bit. We hope we don't have to use it for the whole year, but we're certainly going to have to start with it. Uh, and that ventilation is important. And of course, on top of that, Jeff, the good old things that we've always talked about, right? Making sure that you wash your hands making sure that you cover your cough, right? Making sure if you're not feeling well, you stay home when you're not feeling well. And that's hard for a lot of folks, but I think one of the things that we've learned is people, if you, if you stay home, uh, that's the, the best uh, mitigation strategy if you're not feeling well. Superintendent Hillman is with us with the Northfield School District. Uh, last year, you used uh, some statistics specific to Rice County as yep. far as what uh, what the county is and where we're at uh, with the pandemic. Are you using those uh, similar system? A similar system? Are you using the same thing? Right. And so I think one of the things we also learned last year is that COVID can certainly change the goalposts. And so I will share with you that there are three metrics that we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at the infection rate, and that is what we call the case rate, right? And that we'll be looking at that at both in the county 
and then within the Northfield community. So we're, we can look at the zip code, the Northfield zip code. We can look at Dundas and, and get a good prox, uh, proxy for how the virus is manifesting itself within the community. So looking both at the county level and then even more locally within the school district boundaries. Uh, again, not perfect because there are some people in some of those zip codes where they go to a different school district and some people uh, who live in a different zip code who come to our school district, right? So uh, it's not perfect, but it's a reasonable proxy. The second thing that we're going to look at is the illness rate. And so, you know, how many people are out because of influenza-like illness symptoms? Now, that includes both the flu and COVID, but we think that that is a really good indicator of how is it affecting at each of our school buildings. And then we're also going to be taking a look at the vaccination rate, the student vaccination rate, and really considering uh, our last calculation a couple of weeks ago when we updated the system was about 54% of our 12 to 17-year-olds had been vaccinated. And as we see those three things together, um, we're going to look at the prevailing data, whether it's been trending up, whether it's been trending down. We're going to continue to work with our team and with Rice County Public Health. We've intentionally not set a specific piece of data. I think that's something that we've all been frustrated with. We've heard certain things from the state, right, from other officials saying, hey, if we hit this mark, we can go back to normal. We all know that that has not been the case. And so I don't want to artificially set something at this point yet because I want to make sure that we're looking at multiple pieces of data. I do think that we will in the next few weeks get to a point where we have a range of data that would prompt us to change our safety measures both you know, down or up, uh, as the case may be. Uh, so that will be coming, but we're intentionally taking it slow because we want to make sure that we, we are clear with people about what those metrics are and that they are a range. It's not, uh, here's, the, here's the data point and everything goes back to normal. We'd be fooling ourselves uh, and and I, I don't want to put our community in that circumstance where we make some kind of promise and the game changes again. Um, our goal, this is still uh, a pandemic-related set of safety measures. These will go away, right? These will go away at some point. We thought they'd be gone by now. Unfortunately, they're still here. And so uh, we will endeavor to remove them as quickly as it is safe for public health to do so. We're talking with Superintendent uh, Dr. Matt Hillman about the start of school. Next couple of days, you have uh, parent-teacher conferences, family conferences. First day is uh, Thursday, where yes. the students actually get into class. When they get in there, are, is there have you had many changes uh, from more of an academic curriculum type standpoint? Uh, what they actually learn or the way they learn it much different than we've seen in the past. You know, I, I think the important piece is recognizing where we are at. So we saw the data last week that, of course, uh, on the MCA assessments that the state declined. And if, I think the reasonable person says, yeah, of course they did. We had a pretty disrupted school year. And our data is still better than the state, and we'll be giving that report next Monday uh, at the board meeting, and I'll be able to share that with you next uh, Tuesday morning. I think the important piece is we brought a number of teacher teams in this summer to talk about how do we recover. Right. So when we think about it from an academic point of view, we had teacher teams in specifically looking at our reading curriculum that we adopted a few years ago. And how are, how can we align to make sure that we are doing everything we can to accelerate uh, student learning uh, in the area of reading? We know reading is so important. What are the essential core things that we have to do? Right. There's things that you have to do and there's things that you like to do as part of instruction. We continue to focus like we did last year, but focusing on making sure that we are hitting those key elements that we know will help accelerate students' reading skill. Same with mathematics. We had a group of teachers come in to talk about mathematics instruction. And then one of the most important things is talking about social-emotional learning. 
we know that this is as important as the academic because we know that um, you know kids are full human beings, right? They're not just academic learners. They have a whole bunch more to them than just uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? So the fact is that uh, we have really looked at that social-emotional learning curriculum. You might recall, Jeff, we implemented this several years ago. We were a little bit ahead of the curve. We implemented something called the Second Step Social-Emotional Learning Curriculum for students in pre-K through 8th grade. And this year, uh, the the group that produces that curriculum has also given us some additional lessons for the specifically for the start of this school year, recognizing that the start of this school year is a little bit different. So as we move forward, what I think you'll see is that people will continue to use technology in the ways that they found to help student learning, um, but while focusing on that relationship and the in-classroom uh, component. We also did add some uh, special FTE or what we call FTE full-time equivalent positions for this year, Jeff, to support our students. And so at the elementary schools, uh, we provided them two additional teaching positions at each school. Uh, in some cases, they use those to break down class sizes even further. In some cases, they're doing it to do reading support, additional reading support for students. Uh, at our secondary schools, they use that to break down class sizes. And at the middle school, high school, and ALC, they also added a guidance counselor, right, knowing that students are probably going to need some more support. And then we also added some two, I think, pretty interesting positions. One is something that's a part-time mental health navigator. And this person's job is to understand the local mental health professional network. And their job is to be able to work with families whose student might need more support than what we can provide and help them make connections to those professionals in the community. I almost look at this person as kind of like being the vaccine spotter. If you remember, we had that app that this person's going to be really aware of what the local landscape of mental health services are and help match families as a recommendation, of course, we think that this would be a good fit for you and trying to help make those connections because if your child is struggling and you're trying to make an appointment, it can be a very difficult time for families. So this mental health navigator is intended to be a support. We've also added something called a life coach because there are some folks who just need some help, but they don't need therapy, right? They just need someone to talk to. They just need someone to coach them through the circumstance. So uh, we piloted this a little bit last year. We've hired a, a certified coach named Steve Ryan from the community. He's going to be working with our, with our staff because our staff's social-emotional health is also really important, right? They've been through the ringer too. And so he's available for them and is also then available for middle school and high school students. And that will be uh, done as a uh, re reference or recommendation through uh, each school's office. So those are just a few of the things that are going to be a little bit different this year, Jeff. Adding those positions, I was kind of leading into uh, my, my next question, which might be our last question, is uh, we, we've seen so many employers, uh, be just uh, companies that are short on employees. Uh, the workforce just doesn't seem to be out there that there was in the uh, past. Have you, uh, has that affected the school district at all? Has it been difficult to find people to fill some of the positions? And have you been able to fill them? We've, we've been fortunate in a number of our uh, fields to be able to get qualified people to work for us. However, we, as I've shared with you a couple of times, we still do have some positions open. Now, these tend to be the, the biggest area we have are in our uh, educational assistant uh, field, which these are folks you don't need to have a, a four-year degree. Um, what you do is you work usually one-on-one -on -one or with small groups of students who have special needs. And it can range from, you know, students who have physical disabilities to students who, you know, just need some additional support in reading and mathematics. These are really good jobs. And our school district, you know, has a uh, really good history as a uh, quality employer in our community. So anyone listening, if you're still interested in, in looking up at getting back into the, into the workforce and you're interested in really making a difference that's going to outlast us, uh, working in education is the greatest thing you can do. You have such a lasting impact. 
And so if, if you're looking for something, you're looking for a change, take a look at our school district website. We still have a number of positions available, especially in that educational assistant area. And a lot of them are, um, are positions that are six or so hours a day, but there's others that might be less than that. So we would welcome anyone. And then if you don't want to commit to an everyday thing, we always need substitutes, right? So if you're someone who has a four-year degree uh, and you'd like to substitute teach, we can help you get a special license that allows you to substitute teach. If you want to substitute in our kitchens as an educational assistant, as a custodian, uh, we have those options available as well. And we would welcome people from the community to join our Northfield Public Schools team. All right. Superintendent Hillman, is there anything else you'd like to mention about the uh, first day of school, first week of school? Just want to call folks' attention to this new uh, communication tool that we're going to use this year. It's called Talking Points. And mm-hmm. we know it's going to start a little slower. And then we anticipate this to be a real core of our messaging with parents it allows our teachers uh, and our staff to be able to text message from a, uh, an application as opposed to their own personal cell phone. So they can text message families on their phones uh, from a, a computerized program, from a piece of software, and then parents can respond to that text. And so we know that text messaging is one of the most effective ways to connect with families. We did a pilot with this last year, and it really worked well. So we've expanded it to the entire district The other real cool thing about it, Jeff, is it does real-time translation. So if a teacher sends something in English and a person's home language is Spanish or Vietnamese, it will automatically translate it into their language. Now, sometimes, as we know, computerized translation isn't the best. There's a little question mark next to it that you can tap, and then that brings in a human translator from the company to be able to clarify what that text message meant. And you can use that both ways, right, both on the English side of the software and on the um, other language side of the software. So... We are continuing to try to make sure that we are communicating with parents in the best way for them. And so this is an exciting new application. We've been looking for something like this for a long time. And with talking points, we we think we have found the tool to be able to do that. Will the families have to download an app or do anything? Will it come over just as a regular text? It It can come over just as a regular text message, but there is also an app that a person can download that offers some additional services. Mm -hmm. Um, But of course, if you don't want to download the app, you can just use your phone just like regular. And so it's a, a really cool tool, and I'll be happy to give you some updates on it as we move forward. All right. Superintendent Hillman, thank you so much for joining us. We it's my pleasure, it. and thanks for all your support, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to 95.1 AM 1080, KYMN Northfield.